0: Welcome to Face Your Faith with West Kenyon. It is our hope that today's study will encourage you to grow deeply in your relationship with God as we study the Word together. Now let's join West for today's study. Today we will be taking a look at the purpose of the church and more than likely a perspective you don't often hear or are encouraged to consider in terms of our current culture. And by no means will I be discussing anything remotely new, but will be taking us back to the original roots of the church and God's desire and the very simple basics of what church is really all about. So let's start off by first looking at what the church is, and that will bring us to the conclusion of the purpose of the church, the true church. Simply put, the church is everyone who has put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And that is the church, capital C. It is those individuals that are the entirety of the church. Again, church with a capital C. Just to clarify why I am using the word church here as a proper noun is because church, lowercase c, is a place of worship. The building or whatever structure is used to gather the church, God's people, together in a particular location. Now that will indeed offend some who claim that the structure, the building we call church, is a holy and sacred place on sacred ground. But nowhere in the New Testament can this be found. God's Word is clear on this, and since the time of Christ, there is no longer a man-made temple, building or structure, inner room, or a holy of holy place. That was destroyed when Jesus died on the cross. Christ is now the one and only high priest, the only one we are to go to for the forgiveness of sin and the reconciliation with Him, and the Church... The one true Church of God, through the Spirit, as I said, is the believer in Jesus Christ. But enough of my explanation and analogies. Let's veer right into God's Word and see what He has to say on exactly how it is. And we will start in 1 Corinthians 3.17. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. And that is crystal clear. There is no way around these very direct words. God's temple is the believer. Yes, you are that temple church, and inasmuch, you are part of the whole that makes up the collective entirety of the global church, the body of believers. So at this point, it is important to understand that while each believer is the temple church of God, we are only a part of the whole. And we see this in 1 Corinthians twelve, twelve through 27. Suppose the foot says, I am not a hand so I don't belong to the body. By saying this, it still cannot stop being part of the body. And suppose the ear says, I am not an eye, so I don't belong to the body. By saying this, it cannot stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, how could it hear? If the whole body were an ear, how could it smell? God has placed each part in the body just as He wanted it to be. If all the parts were the same, how could there be a body? As it is, there are many parts but there is only one body. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that incredible that those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ are a real temple, a real temple church, the body of Christ? Don't get carried away, however, and think that you are somehow holy and godlike because of this indwelling of God through the Spirit in you. Make sure you stay sober-minded on this, remembering with every step you take that you are still a very corrupt temple church. You are still a crumbling temple church, a proud and arrogant temple church, a selfish temple church, a dishonest, cheating temple church, and in the long run, not a very disciplined or God-honoring temple church. But all the same, God has made the believer His temple, where He resides and will reside. Hebrews 13.5 states, I will never leave you or forsake you. That is a promise, and a promise he will not break. Even in the times we feel like he has walked away from us, he has not. God will not abandon his temple church, you. Now we need to shift our focus a bit and take a good look at what our individual temple churches look like and act like. Yes, the physical structure, what everyone sees and how they see it. How do they see you? How does the world see you? And this is very important, and God points this out to the believer, the one who claims to be the temple church. Let's take a look at 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the honor and glory of God. Doesn't that verse clash with today's culture and thought process, though? But like it or not, this is what we, the temple church, must do if we are to honor God. We are to represent our temple church to the best of our abilities in everything we do. Unfortunately, however, so many places of worship promote and put more emphasis on showing up however you feel best, however you want, than honoring God in all you do. Consider this, the outside of your temple church is a very good, if not perfect blueprint of the inside of your temple church. And let's get some more clarification on that from Romans 12:2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Isn't that a great description of what the temple church needs to be and do and look like? And that is beautiful. That is a beautiful temple church that everyone wants to be a part of and be around, and certainly as it pertains to a place of worship that operates and looks like that is also just as attractive and inviting, even to the world. We are called to be different. Not we are different, but different in a genuine, God-honoring way. Let's take a look at John two fifteen through 17 and take this a bit further. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Moving on to James 4.4, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And these passages are very direct instruction on who we need to be as the temple church. So what best describes your temple church? Let's take a look at a few options are you the grand larger than life architectural masterpiece kind of temple the prominent temple that is recognized as the temple of temples the holy of holies and right where you need to be are you perhaps the perfectly picturesque lovely temple that's not too big and not too small that is always warm and welcoming it's just the perfect place in the perfect setting and loved by everyone and is so loving Are you the lowly sort of temple that is sort of maintained and sort of put together and sort of in order, but perfectly okay with some weeds growing here and there and some peeling paint? Or perhaps you are the temple that has shut down with boarded up windows and the entire property is just hideously neglected and overgrown and overrun by vandalism. Or are you a temple that is now a museum Just a showpiece of what once was, what once happened so long ago, a temple of nothing but memories of the past and perhaps what could have been or might have been possible today. And every one of us falls into at least one of these temple categories, and most of us fall into multiple segments of these categories. And because we, the church, fall into these categories, our places of worship most often take on the same characteristics of who we, the temple church, are. I have been to churches with a few people and churches with many people. I have been to churches that are very poorly taken care of and churches that are immaculate. I have been to churches that try to impress and churches that have no need to impress. I have been to churches that follow God and churches that follow themselves. I have been to churches who claim to be and do things to the honor and glory of God but don't, and churches that truly live out doing things to the honor and glory of God. Again, all these examples point back to each one of us who claim to be temple churches, the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. And do you see from all this how important it is to be a genuine, real, authentic, open, honest, humble temple? Yes, our internal and external life shows the world, everyone we meet, what we think of God, what we believe about God, and who we claim God is in our life. Our testimony rides on the eternity of our temple maintenance, the upkeep, Absolutely every detail speaks to the world about our life in Christ Jesus. So why is it that so many places of worship are more hungry to make a name for themselves, craving prominence and wealth, than allowing God and relying on God to do His work among His church? The answer? Because many temple churches that operate the places of worship are not allowing God to run the show. A wayward, stubborn temple church makes for a wayward and stubborn place of worship. Sadly, we, the temple churches, spend more time trying to do God's job than doing the job God asked us to do. So on top of being transformed into a new life in Christ when we become temple churches and presenting ourselves to the best of our abilities, we are also called to teach and minister to everyone we can. And what does that look like? Romans 10.15 says, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Listen to that. Our temple church is to get going and use its feet to tell about God's word. And when we do that, the feet of our temple church become beautiful. Sounds like a great mission statement. Sounds like a great ad. Spread God's word and have beautiful feet. That sounds like a product a lot of people would buy. Considering most feet aren't that beautiful to begin with, wouldn't you want to take that step? And let's not forget the most famous verse our temple church has been called to action on, and that is Mark 16, 15. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. So how do we pull off being well-maintained on the outside and well-maintained on the inside to do all of this? Stop looking inward at self and being completely oblivious to what is right in front of you. And that would be God who is smacking you in the face and hopes you will look up at him, the author and shepherd of our temple churches. Our belonging must be in one place and one place only. Not in and not out, but up. Let me explain. If we look in, we are driven by self. If we look out, we are driven by the world. But if we look up, we are driven by God. And when we are driven by God, we are driven out of self and out of the world and into the light of truth and into the presence of God and his will. This is where we need to be in our temple church lives. And when we, as the temple of the Holy Spirit, are looking up, seeking what God wants, waiting on Him for direction, our places of worship will also fall in line and succeed. Not because we created it, not because we conjured it up, not because we are smart and have a degree in theology, but only because we have stopped self, asked God for direction, listened to God's direction, and passionately pursued that direction to the end, to the honor and glory of God of God. Recent history is showing that many nations are now reporting that those who claim Christianity, those who claim to be temple churches, is plummeting, and along with it, the places of worship. And doesn't that make sense since the focus of the world is on self? The temple churches are looking inward and outward, but not up. They are feebly attempting to fix it all, attempting to fix the world, the air, the water, the other people, relationships, economies, and whole nations. The temple churches are caving right and left, and so are the places of worship. The temple churches are supposed to manage and make better. Perhaps when we build it, our places of worship, and they don't come, and they do leave, we, the temple churches, need to look very carefully at what we are not doing or doing incorrectly. Perhaps what the temple churches and places of worship are doing looks so much like the world that the world has no need for it. Perhaps it is the blatant hypocrisy of the temple churches and the places of worship that proclaim they are different and claim they are called to live different lives and claim it is all for God, yet tragically and in reality are consuming everything the world has to offer and doing nothing more than slapping God's name on it. Why would the world want to be a part of that? Why would the world want to be a part of a very twisted and mixed message like that? It is no doubt the worst marketing scam in the world. Wouldn't you agree if you were going to buy into something, you are very likely to buy the real deal, not a knockoff and a knockoff that is tragically flawed at that. The world sees right through the temple churches and places of worship. They see right through the believers, the Christians, and their insatiable desperation to be relevant, and yes, are mocked, and rightly so. But perhaps the mocking and the hatred by the world toward the temple churches and places of worship is becoming less. And maybe people are becoming more accepting of the places of worship and temple churches that have Christianized the world's doings. Maybe they are becoming popular and loved by the masses because they are a free venue of worldly entertainment, marked Christian, to make everyone feel a bit better. But is that a place of worship that honors God? Is that a place of worship made up of temple churches seeking God and His purpose and His direction? Or is it a self driven church. So what does a true temple church and place of true worship look like? It is different. It is serious. It is looking up. And most profound of all, it is being persecuted. Yes, persecuted. And if you and I, the temple church and our places of worship are not being persecuted, we are not in a right relationship with God. And how do we know that? Because God's word says, you will be persecuted in my name. More profoundly still are the places of worship and the temple churches that run around claiming that they are right with God and right where they need to be, that they are spiritually in the right place and doing exactly what God expects of them and living a life that pleases and honors God. And that is nothing more than being on a highway of hypocrisy. The places of worship And the temple churches that truly honor God are humble temples and humble places of worship who recognize and proclaim that they are not where they need to be. They are not who they need to be in their relationship with God and are still in much need of growing. A healthy place of worship and temple church are eager not to only be good, honest, and real teachers, but also fully willing to submit to being good, honest, and real students. So far we have covered what the true church is and what it looks like. So what is the purpose, the reason it came to life? Why does the church exist? To fulfill the passionate desire of God that all who would hear his word and come to know and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior through the temple churches and the places of worship that have been spread around the world. And how has this been accomplished and how is it being accomplished and how will it continue? to be accomplished through you and every other temple church and place of worship who have dedicated their life to tell the world about the Savior, Jesus Christ. We are called to be ministers of God's word. Yes, ministers. And that doesn't take seminary or a PhD in theology. And don't rely on your place of worship to set your ministry up. That's your job. That's between you and God and you listening very carefully as to what God desires of you and expects of you. Next purpose of the church is to fellowship, gather with the other temple churches regularly to be sharpened and encouraged and renewed to continue our temple church ministry. And when we are dedicated to serving God in this way and living as a true temple church of the Holy Spirit of God, we will be respected and loved and we will be rejected and hated. So what does a healthy temple church and place of worship look like? One that is truly serving God, is unafraid, free from fear, and is accepting of all the persecution that is thrown at it. It will be known for its reliance and trust on God, and it will be known for looking up and ready for whatever God has in store for it. And what doesn't a healthy temple church and place of worship look like? One that is serving the world. It is concerned with popularity and prestige, and is accepting of all the praise and honor that is lavished on it. It is a place that puts a, quote, Christian sticker on worldly influences and perspectives, and it will be known as a destination for spiritual or religious encounters. We are God's church, not our own. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. We are His flock and He is our shepherd. He is the potter and we are simply the clay to be molded according to His perfect plan. Be moldable. Be a moldable temple church. Be a compliant temple church, a temple church that looks up, not in. Be a temple church that is ready, free from fear, and go. Go humbly and boldly, and in all things do it to the honor and glory of God. Let's pray. Great Lord and Father, we come to you and beg of you to help us on this glorious yet difficult journey through life. Help us to submit to your will. Help us to look up and see you and your purpose the true and perfect purpose of our lives. Help us to live as honest, loving, compassionate, and exemplary examples of your church, that our temple would radiate your passion and light to all we encounter. Help us to love one another just as you have loved us and serve with passion all those you put in our lives for your namesake. We thank you for entrusting us with your spirit and that you found us to be a worthy vessel for you and a minister of your great word. Protect us and keep us strong in our times of affliction and persecution, that we would persevere in your name to the best of our ability. We now ask all these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.